to intercede, the word intercede is to act on behalf of someone in difficulty or trouble, pleading or petition to attempt to reconcile differences between two people or groups and to mediate. You know, if you look from Genesis to Revelation, you can see that the definition of this word is an action. Truly, uh, intercession is the heart of our Father. Um, since the fall of man, he has interceded by putting, faithfully putting, and continued to put prophet after prophet, priest to pray for us, to sacrifice for us. Um, and then, of course, that wasn't good enough. He had to come down himself. He had to intercede for us. And it says that in Hebrews se uh, chapter 7, it says, and he continues to intercede at the right hand of the Father. So as his children, we are his children, as I said, the daughters of God. Um, it's our purpose. Our, po our first point is interceding for others is part of our purpose as his children. It, you know, I hear a lot of people say, I wonder what God wants me to do. You know, I wonder what ministry I should go into. Well, let's go into the family business. How's that? Because it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 19, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given him us the ministry of reconciliation. And that is that God was in Christ reconciling the word to world to himself, not imputing that our trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So our ministry is reconciling others by sharing the gospel, by witnessing his love to other people, and by praying for them. So, and, and we see that God is always looking for someone to intercede for, for his, his, his creation, not just his family, but his creation. And, and in Ezekiel 22:30, it said that he sought for a man that would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. See, Israel was so, um, at that point, they couldn't even find a priest that was going to pray a good prayer. I mean, <laughs> they were like, it was really bad. So the Lord is seeking, and he said, but I didn't find one. That he wanted to destroy it, and he didn't find one. And the verb, um, it, the word gap in this scripture in Hebrew, it's parets, and it means to break, gap, or breach. And it comes from the verb parets, to break forth, or break open, or break down. The word is directly referring to the spiritual, physical ruins of Zion. It's a metaphor for committed intercession. And if you look at the world today, I'd think we were in spiritual ruins, wouldn't you? We're in pretty bad shape. And God is looking for some, a few good women to intercede. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Y you take his people, turn away from sin, turn towards him, and pray. You'd think that would be that simple, wouldn't you? But God is, and, and, and what's really interesting to me is that God has chosen prayer as the primary means in which he releases his power.
from the spiritual to the natural. And, you know, because God can speak something into existence, right? He spoke the world into existence. And, and yet, he has chosen us. It kind of blows my mind. Um, unreliable people <laughs> that he would choose. I mean, what's even more of a mystery is he will put a burden on your heart. He will wait for you to pray for it before he will do anything about it. I don't understand. I don't even want it. I, I can't. If I understood, then I he wouldn't be God, and I would, I guess. I don't know. But... <laughs> But I don't understand, and that's okay. What I do know, though, there's a beautiful exchange between the dependence on God and a wonderful partnership in the way he chooses to do that with us. Um, he's chosen to answer those prayers through us. You know, I don't always see it that way, though. I, I have to be honest. And sometimes I realize that when I'm really burdened with someone to pray for and I don't remember the beautiful exchange and how that all works. Um, it's usually because I think I can answer the prayer. <laughs> I'm not the one that answers the prayer. I'm only the one that speaks it, right? So if you're feeling burdened and it's a little too much, maybe you've been carrying it and you haven't dropped it off at the cross yet. But it's, in, it's clear from Scripture that intercessory prayer is a part of our responsibility as a Christ follower. And when God appointed me as Carol's assistant almost three years ago, Time flies when you're having fun. Um, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. And, you know, she, she gave me my kind of my duties and so forth. But, you know, it's kind of funny because Carol, if you know her, uh, you know, we call, um, we call her daughter freakishly strong. Well, where do you think she gets that from? And she's spiritually strong. And I have to say that she's pretty amazing what she can do in a short amount of time with very little energy sometimes. And so I went before the Lord, and I said, Lord, you told me I was supposed to be Carol's assistant. I don't really feel like I'm any use to her, you know. I, I, what am I supposed to do? And then at that point, the Lord gave me my job description, and at the very number one, it said, pray for Carol. See, what happened was, too, it was interesting because that was for a season where I was supposed to pray for her every single day. The first thing I did in the morning was to pray for Carol. What we didn't know was she was going to have physical challenges with vertigo and that pastor was going to have physical challenges. And he, the Lord saw from above when I was only looking through the knothole of the fence. And so I was thankful that he gave me my number one job to do. Did I do it faithfully all the time? No, I'll admit that. I'm a human being. But I tried. And um, I think that's one of the things that we have to remember when it's our part of our purpose and our job description as God appoints you into different places. But the number, number two point on your um, outline is interceding for others is our priority. See, God desires for all men to be saved and for all men to be prayed for. It says that in, everybody knows John 3.16, right? If you don't, we should. It, and so repeat, uh, let's say it together. For God so loved the world, he gave... His only begotten son. I just want to make sure it was up there. <laughs> and in 1 Timothy 2, 1, it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people as God 
ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. So he's made it clear. He's made us his priority, right? He's made it because, I mean, he gave his only begotten son. He prioritized, I mean, he, he set it in stone right there. And praying for his loved ones should be our priority. In the word, it says that we are to pray first, often, always. We can't be passive about it. And um, the faithful examples that we see in Paul and David, they, you know, Paul talks, every single letter that Paul wrote, every single one, I found this out while I was, I guess I didn't know this before, but I, I learned some new things when I teach. Um, every single letter he wrote in there, he, I'm praying for you, or I've been praying for you. He constantly talked about that. And David would say in his pray that he prayed evening and morning um, in Psalms 55, 17. Excuse me. So to make something your priority, we all know that, you know, other things have to become less important. So in making intercessory prayer your priority, we have to expect it will cost us something. Time, television shows, sleep, that can happen. That may, that may actually upset you, but um, to give up something. I know sometimes it's hard for us to let go of something, but I just, as I was preparing this, I thought about what God gave up for me. That kind of put it in proper perspective for me. There's no comparison at all. And I have to remember that. So priority requires obedience and I'm getting a little quick response to the Holy Spirit's leading. So try to lift up. Pe here, I'm going to give you some practicals. Try to lift up people as soon as God puts their, them on your heart. Um, or when they ask for prayer. You know, God expects our immediate ex response in those situations because what happens? We forget. We, uh, you know, something happened just recently where um, someone asked me to pray. It was a few weeks ago. Um, I prayed for them then, but I really felt like in my heart I was supposed to continuously pray for them, and I wasn't faithful, and this person is no longer on this earth right now. And it really burdened my heart because of it. Um... We don't want to be in those situations. I don't want to stand before God and know that he gave me someone to pray for and I wasn't faithful in that. And sometimes we have to wait a long time for the answer or we never, never see. See, sometimes we, we I think sometimes we don't pray or pray, consistently pray because we're looking at the answer or looking at the end result. When God says, he doesn't say to look there, he says to pray, often, always. And so your, your job is to do that, and his job is to answer the prayer. And he is faithful, and he will. So God is looking, number three point, and the Lord really placed this on my heart, and I've said this word a couple times tonight, but this is what he truly placed on my heart very heavily for this lesson was that he's looking for our faithfulness. You know, sometimes we're think, we think we're called to do something great for God, and sometimes we are. Something that, you know, is high profile, you know, um, speak in front of people, I think, is the common one that people think that they are supposed to do. They have a story and a testimony to tell. But really, when most of the time, God is really looking just for faithfulness. Um, 
you know, faithful with what he has given us to do, faithful with the gifts that he has given us. Um, and prayer should be at the very top. Every single one of us right here in this room, not one of us can't pray, not one. And um, I think a good example of a faithful story that the Lord brought to mind was in Luke 11. It's also in Ma Matthew 7. Jesus tells of a parable about a faithful friend that comes to visit. Um, his friend comes to visit, and this faithful friend goes and looking for food. It says in Luke 11, verse 5, Then teaching them more about prayer, he used the story, this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls you out from his bedroom. I Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you, but I tell you this. Though he won't do it for fr his friend's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. I like that. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You know, every week in the staff meeting, um, if you didn't know, I'm on staff at Cornerstone. And I one of my jobs is to help. I bring in the prayer requests from all the connection cards on Sunday. And we pray, the staff all pray over every single request together on Wednesdays. And, you know, it's kind of overwhelming when you look at all the requests. I have to say, the first time I looked at them, I'm like, oh, wow, this is, an, this is a lot. There's a lot. And there's some really serious needs here, you know. So many needs, and some of them are just, you know, tragic. And weighed my heart down. And at the same time that it's overwhelming, I thought, wow, we have a lot of people that ask for prayer. That's so good. There are so many people interceding for other people that don't even go to this church. Pray for my uncle that's in Seattle. Pray for my, you know, they're all on there. And I thought, at the same time, I was wondering, how many of us actually go home? We put it on a connection card. And how many of us go home and we pray faithfully at home for those same requests? I have to be honest with you. I really thought that I was teaching twice this season. And I thought this was going to be the easier lesson than praying in the spirit. But boy, was I convicted in preparing for this lesson. Because what, you know, I, I thought my prayer life is not where it should be. I'm going to be honest with you. And my, I told my husband the concern, and he goes, what? You're always praying. Like, you know, you pray more than most. That was his comment. But can we pray enough? I thought about this. Can we pray enough when there's so many people slotted to go to hell for eternity? We're talking eternity. Can we pray enough when we see what's going on in the world, what's going on in the country, what's going on in the state, when you go see what's happening in your backyard, your neighborhood, your families? I mean, I don't think you can pray enough. And that kind of can overwhelm you as, as well. 
But what I thought about was, what if God wasn't looking for the quantity of prayers, but just a faithful response to what he's given you right in your hands, the burdens that he places in your hearts? Like Pastor talks about a couple weeks ago that we all have a divine burden that God has given us. What if we need to just be faithful in our, in our prayers in those places? You know, when we look at the parable that we just read, the friend in the parable came for a visit. See, God brings you the burden. This friend came to him, right? And he can represent people we know, you know, that God has placed on your heart that you have compassion for. It could even be someone that you can relate to. You know, I have a burden in my heart for anyone who's been sexually abused because of my past. I have a burden in my heart because of people who have a long-term disease because I, I had a long-term disease that I was completely healed from. And so, and I know how that feels. And the friend was also visiting, so he's a foreigner. So some of these people that God places on your heart or that you just see in your own circle of influence, they're foreign to God. They don't know who he is. You know, some of them are estranged from God. They just have a distance between them. And, or maybe the problem that they're going through is overshadowing the God that we know and not the God they know, you know? So the friend came at midnight also. I think this was a, a good example. You know, that's not a convenient time for me. <laughs> not for me, I'm telling you. And writing this teaching, I had to laugh because as I was writing the teaching, Cody comes over right at this moment as I'm talking about convenience. And he says, Mom, can you pray for Paige? This is his girlfriend, soon to be fiance. By the way, we, we saw the ring today. <laughs> so excited. But um, sorry, got a little off track. <laughs> it's my, my, first, my, my first son out of four who's getting engaged. So, um, But he comes to me and he says, will you pray for Paige? Um, she's going on a job interview. And she's going to be there soon, so can we pray for her? Of course I dropped everything. I wanted to finish the lesson. I was, had been working on it for hours, and I was like, this is really funny, Lord. <laughs> and then after I finished praying for Cody, for Paige with Cody, um, Jennifer Baca calls me and says, hey, I need your prayer request because she's my prayer warrior in, in Women to Women ministry. And, um, and let's pray for Heidi, who is my mentor. So I just thought this was crack up. It was just one after another. And so sometimes we can be so hyper-focused on what we want to get accomplished, you know, and the opportunity to be faithful in prayer is right in front of us. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a few of us who have been woken up in the middle of the night talking about inconvenience. I know someone in this room who shared with me, and I asked her if I could share with you. And we were sharing together how God was waking us up in the middle of the night. And... She did the first time that happened. She said that literally her eyes were being pried open, like God was trying to open her eyes, and she didn't get it. She was so tired, and she was like, I don't know what this is. She went to the restroom and went back to bed. <laughs> and so we kind of giggled, and at the same time, we repented and said, Lord, forgive us. Because I was being woke up, and I was, it was kind of like the Lord was like nudging me, and I was like, I want to sleep. Come on. No, it's time. It's time right now. I have somebody for you to pray for. 
So that's not convenient. But what I, I was reminded as I was thinking about this, um, the Psalm 121.4 in the message says, He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep. Not on your life. Israel's garden gar guardian will never doze or sleep. Aren't you glad that God doesn't sleep? I'm so glad that God doesn't sleep, especially that if we're going like this in prayer and he goes, eh, I don't bother me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And I also noticed in that parable that the, the man uh, was knocking on the door. He was making it loud, right? So imagine this. Imagine five of you praying together, knocking on the door, bang, bang, bang. I mean, come on. That's a loud knock, right? So I encourage you to pray with people for those, those prayers that you've been, you know, you've been waiting for answers. Partner with somebody. I have partnered with so many people and has seen what God can do when two or three are gathered together. It's amazing. But when you, when you pray for others, you're, you know, you're bridging the gap between the promise and the problem. And it's our job as an intercessor to grab hold of that person grab hold of the promise, and run to that cross. And then we start knocking on the cross, right? And the cross is the place where we can remember as we're knocking. That's where Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's where his, by his stripes we are healed. That's where we are reconciled to God through what Christ did. And remembering that the grave is empty. Just that in a as you're bringing the promise and bringing the person and remembering the grave is empty, people, the grave is empty. It is so awesome. You realize how much that, what that means when you're praying? That the grave is em empty because now he's forever at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding for you. He hears you. And aren't you glad that he's compassionate too, that Jesus knows what pain feels like, what emotional separation from the Father. He knows that he's seen hell. He knows. I don't know about you, but that, I think that's what he places on our own hearts when he puts a burden so that we can pray from a place of compassion too, right? You know, sometimes, um, I know it's sometimes it's hard to make our prayer life, you know, the purpose, the priority, and be faithful. And, but what happens when we are? Let me tell you a couple things. Um, Cody, my son, I, I never learned how to intercede as well until both my boys were overseas. And they were in the military, and I couldn't talk to them 24-7. could barely talk to them maybe once a month. So I learned how to intercede really well. I talked to the father. I grabbed hold of him, and I said, listen here, my boys are over there, and I need your help with this. And we went through storms. Both of them went and flew. One of them was on Okinawa. One was in Korea. And at that moment, a storm was coming. When my son, one of my sons were going to Korea, there's a huge storm going uh, over Korea and over Okinawa, blowing cars over. That's how big this storm was tsunami right both my two of my boys are in there boy did I I was on my knees I was praying for them I was interceding and the Lord reminded me I command the sea I command the wind and um, there's so many times that 
even when Cody was in a situation, I asked him if I could share this, where I felt in the middle of the night, I felt this darkness around him and I, I hadn't talked to him in like weeks and I knew he was with a roommate that I didn't like very much. And I feel like I was supposed to share this story because there's somebody here that needs to hear it. This person was leading my son in the wrong direction. He was missing home and he was trying to just connect with somebody and this kid was taking him down the wrong path. And I didn't like him, so I went to the Father and I said, Lord, either save him and make a radical change or move him out of the way. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And Cody finally contacted us and said, you know, it's really weird, Mom. Um, my roommate all of a sudden got this assignment for six months, and he went on a mew, and I'm all by myself in my room. I'm like, Really? So then this darkness that was there, because Okinawa is a very dark island anyway. It has a very demonic past, and, and I won't go into that. But um, my girlfriend says, hey, I had a dream that Cody's in trouble and spiritually. And so I said, well, send him a message and tell him, because he'll listen to his Auntie Al. He won't listen to Mommy sometimes, you know. And she told him exactly. She, I, don't remember, I don't know that she told me all the words, but when he got the message... He was on the bus um, reading on his phone his email, and at, before he had read the email, he cried out to God and said, Lord, I don't even want to live right now. He was that desperate. And he read that, and he said tears just flowed down, and he had to pull his hoodie over his head because he didn't want to see the big, tough Marine crying on the bus with his buddies, right? That point forward, he dove into the word of God, and that kid not being in the room, he could do it 24-7. He said, Mom, did you know that the Bible says? <laughs> I was like, hallelujah. But, you know, I'm standing here today. I think one of my greatest testimonies is that I'm standing here because my grandmother was on her knees, and I remember every night she was on her knees. My mom, when she got saved, she prayed for me all the time. Um... My, and then it turned to um, my coworkers that I didn't even know. I was surrounded by Christians because, of course, people were praying for me. So what would I be surrounded by? People who could influence this heathen Gia. <laughs> and I had a girlfriend who we knew each other since we, and I still know her, Altheria, if some of you have met her. She's a mighty woman of God. And let me tell you, her husband was going to Bible college, and she had nothing but the kids and prayer. And she got on her knees every day for eight years for me. It still overwhelms me because I'm not that faithful. I want to be that faithful. Every day for eight years. I asked her recently, what made you be, what helped you to be faithful? She said, well, first of all, I didn't want anybody I knew to go to hell. That was just plain, you know. And she said that she saw in me that I was unhappy and that I was, she goes, it seemed like you were trying to destroy yourself. And that was the enemy. He had deceived me. And I just want to encourage you, when you think about the impossible prayer, you got to remember the ones he's answered. And I think, every time I think about that impossible prayer, I think of me. So my word to you is keep knocking, keep seeking.
right? Thank you, ladies. Let me pray over you. Father God, I just come before you, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you're the God that never sleeps. We praise you. We thank you that, Lord, there are answers to prayers that are just about to tip over, Lord, and all we need to do is just knock a little harder. We just need to seek you just a little bit more, Lord God, and it's not dependent upon our works, Lord God. It is your grace, but, Lord, you have partnered with us, and so, Lord, help us to be faithful in our prayer life. Help us to go a little bit more. Help us, as, as we've been wanting for this season, to help us go deeper and wider and higher, Lord God. Help us to bring it up just that much more. We know that, Lord, there's these women in this room, I know they pray. Lord, but we can't pray enough. You have placed that on my heart. So I thank you, Lord, for raising our prayer life and helping us and even waking us up in the middle of the night, Lord, with your sweet voice telling us to pray for someone you love and care about and you have made them your priority we praise you in jesus name amen